0: Well, why don't we turn together to the book of Luke. We're going to be looking at Mary today. The Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 1, and we will be starting in verse 46. Do you ever feel like Mary did? Have you ever been frightened, as the song went, by the load you bear? Could you relate? What load are you bearing right now? Or maybe it's one of your loved ones. I don't know about you, but I love that song, The Breath of Heaven. Whenever it comes on the radio every year, and we've got it, we play it at home. Don't you like it? I am waiting in silent prayer. Have you ever waited that way? Didn't even have words? I am frightened by the load I bear in a world cold as stone, Must I walk this path alone? Lord, I feel alone. Be with me now, breath of heaven. Hold me together. Be forever near me, breath of heaven. Lighten my darkness. Pour over me your holiness, for you are holy. Breath of heaven, help me be strong. Just help me be. And then two words, help me. If that's you, I've got a promise for you today. And that is this. The load you bear will result in the birth of something you desire. Just like it did with Mary. The load you bear, if you're a believer, if you've got the Christ child in your heart, the load you bear will in the end result in the birth of something you desire. The Bible says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. That's Matthew 5.3. That's the first beatitude. It's the title of this message. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To them the king will come. That's the promise. Some of you here today are poor in spirit. I know I've, I've been talking with you. You may come here feeling impoverished in your spirit because of what you've been through or what you are going through right now, whether physically or uh, emotionally or economically these days especially, or vocationally or relationally, whatever. Or maybe it's one of your loved ones and their burden is yours. You've been emptied in one way or another recently, or this last year, and perhaps it's been over many years, and maybe it feels more like you've not just been emptied, but like totally reamed out. And so you're not full of yourself. In fact, quite the opposite, because you've been laid really low. I've got good news for you today, a word from God, because if you've been laid low, as in L-O-W... If you've been laid low, you just need to add two letters to that word for it to become something that's really, really good, a powerful virtue. In fact, it's the first and the foremost of all the virtues, uh, from which all the others come, the first and foremost of all the virtues in the Sermon on the Mount, and, uh, that is, if you've been laid low, the odds are that you, um, that you're more lowly. Just add L-Y to that. If you've been laid low, the odds are you're more lowly than most, more empty, less full of yourself, less prideful, hard though it may feel, more humble, which the Bible calls being poor in spirit. And if that's you, I'm here to tell you today that you're a prime candidate for something that, uh, uh, something that will happen to you. If God is true to His Word, and He is true to His Word, maybe it'll happen later, maybe sooner, you can't predict that, maybe before the year's out, in the end, the heavy load you bear will result in the birth of something that you will deeply desire. And you'll be turning around and praising Him for that very thing. Just like happened with Mary, the mother of Jesus. We have just listened to a Christmas carol up there called Mary's Song, Breath of Heaven or Mary's Song. I guess it's got two titles. The passage we'll be looking at today is called Mary's Magnificat, and they're, much, they're very similar. They're both very similar. The word Magnificat is a Latin word that means to magnify, uh, and it comes from uh, Luke, uh, verse 46 of Luke 1, uh, the King James Version, where Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord. She'd just been told that she was going to conceive the Christ child when the angel appeared to her, as you'll see see up there on the screens. And she said in Luke 1, starting in verse 46, "'My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name.'" Grief, but powerful. All through the history of the church, Mary's Magnificat has held, held a special place in the hearts of God's people. Maybe many of you. And for good reason. And I think part of it, anyway, has to do with, uh, with her lowly spirit. Looking at what happened to her, you feel like you do, you know, when you watch Lord of the Rings, you know, when some no-account hobbit ends up saving the world. That's what she felt like. It's what it'll be like when the the humble, as Christ said, will inherit the earth. When the poor in spirit get the kingdom of heaven. Looking at what happened to her, you feel like you will when when, when he comes through for you too, and he will. Maybe at one time or another, all of us have felt that way, you know, beaten down, left out feeling good for nothing, kind of emptied out. And so we can relate, as we'll see today, to that young maiden who's up there on the screens because, because nice guys don't always finish last. No, indeed, to them the king will come. Through the load they bear, which, according to Scripture, always results in the birth of something they deeply desire. I don't know about you, but it's her lowly spirit that I find so deeply touching. And that picture kind of captures. That's why all this happened to her in the first place. And maybe that's why the first thing she says in verse 48 is that he has had regard for the humble estate, the humble state of his maidservant. We don't know how she'd been made so humble, though you might guess. She she wasn't well off, maybe like some of you. And that can't but help. It's hard to fill a heart that's already full of other things. To fill it with something far infinitely better. And she didn't come from a very prestigious location. We know that from the Scripture, and that can't help but help either. She was from Nazareth. Nazareth, which was this obscure, like totally no-account village in this in a rather unspiritual region, or so the Jews felt it was, the region of Galilee, the part that bordered on the Gentiles, the dogs, and they were guilty by association. And uh, um, it's like Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? There was a real prejudice against the area she came from. The cards she'd been dealt made her poor in a lot of ways. But I would submit to you that totally apart from that, um, she had the the same special God-given virtue that I know some of you were born with. Some people are just strong in this area. And one that you get by adding just two more letters to a three-letter word, which is why we call her the lowly virgin. so beautiful in her lowliness because she was poor in spirit. You can see it in her response to Gabriel's greeting when he said in verse 28, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But Mary, it says, was greatly troubled at this statement and she kept pondering what kind of greeting this might be. Hail, favored one. She was troubled by this praise. Unbelievable. Doesn't it strike you as a bit odd that a compliment would cause her such confusion? Even, you know, some some co- uh, deep consternation? Why do you think? Well, according to the Scripture, praise is what tests your pride. And a whole lot else. Proverbs twenty seven twenty one: The crucible is for silver, the furnace is for gold, but a man or a woman, it says, is tested by the praise accorded to him or her back then they would heat up you know silver in a crucible so that the impurities would all come to the surface and they would uh, and they do the same with gold in a furnace and so what he's saying in proverbs is that when you're praised look out because the impurities will come to the surface of your mind there's a whole sermon there but let me ask you a question do you think mary passed the test Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. Had she been a proud, had she been, you know, an ambitious young woman, she would have been secretly pleased by this statement. Had she been full of herself, her head, you know, would have swelled all the more at the angel's greeting. But Mary was greatly troubled, which is truly, a uh, truly remarkable. The one whose life was so obviously commendable was like totally unconscious of anything in her that deserved such commendation. Just like in Mary's song. Remember what uh, Amy Grant sang? Do you wonder as you watch my face if a wiser one should have had my place? It's beautiful. Do you ever feel that way? More inadequate than adequate? Well, you're in good company. In fact, she wasn't just a bit perplexed. She was totally, you know, mystified at the angel's greeting. So much that it says she kept pondering what kind of greeting this might be. You know, and you can only imagine what she's thinking. Surely there must be be some great mistake here. Why all the to-do over me? What could he be possibly talking about if he only knew the real me? She was obviously not in the habit of basking in her glory. The, the, angel was, was, um, the angel was more basking in her glory. But she couldn't even see it. Which is good. Because it says in Proverbs twenty five twenty seven that it is not good to search out one's own glory. That is to think about it too much. To feed on it. She never did that. Truly a remarkable young lady at that age. It seems she would believe anything about her God, as we'll see, but not about herself. (laughs) And so... The beatitude came true that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And to the lowliest, the poorest in spirit perhaps that ever lived on the face of the earth, hers was the kingdom of heaven. In fact, to her the king came. Which was a measure of her lowliness. In fact, he had long since come to her, because uh, long before he actually entered her womb, because just like Gabriel said, hail, favored one, the Lord is with you, because you're so lowly. Though apparently it was news to her, and so he gave her time to digest the words. She was obviously thinking, so he stopped talking, which isn't a bad practice sometimes. And some of us need to learn that. Thinking, not talking. Well, she kept pondering, it says. He gave her time. Uh, She kept pondering what kind of statement this might be. And that's because she was a thinker, not a talker, like, say, Peter was. And of course, there are strengths and weaknesses to both kinds. Several times in the Scripture, it says she treasured, remember that she treasured these things in her heart. She was a contemplative, which can be the hardest of all personalities, because you can get low. If you're lowly, you can get low. It's interesting that that DNA is in our Lord's makeup. It's a good part of our Lord's makeup. Like Moses, like Mary, he was the meekest man on the face of the earth, and out of that came the fullness of God through the Christ child. So that's you, take heart. Mary may have been struggling for quite some time. We don't know, you know what she'd been going through, but um, if she hadn't got, been going through something, the first words out of her mouth probably wouldn't have been what they were. It was an ongoing affliction that he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. I'm in a state of humility, Lord. We don't know what was going on. Which means it was an inner condition that probably involved some ongoing situation, perhaps. The whole tenor of the Magnificat is like, at last he's come. He will come. And that means you can take heart if, if you're waiting to as we're going to see. And you can take heart if on top of that you're a contemplative because you stand in a long line of lowly people who perhaps more naturally have room for him. A line that goes all the way back to her. Such people need time to process things. And so as we've seen, Gabriel gave her time. But he was probably also waiting for her response, wondering, I mean, you can almost guess what he was thinking. He's like, come on, Mary, this is good news. You've just, you've just won the lottery, and far better. Be happy, don't worry, you know, all that kind of stuff. But given what he went on to say, I think that under it all, he must have been moved with compassion for this, this tender virgin of a maiden who was so deeply struggling to grasp what was so plainly obvious about her. It was a beautiful sight. His heart went out, you can be sure, to this fawn, this, this tender fawn, this trembling little uh, girl frozen, you know, in his headlights of this glorious angel. Unlike some who seek the limelight, she sh- shied away from it. And so perhaps the angel dimmed his light. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I don't know you can be sure though that he softened his voice because he went on to say do not be afraid mary don't be so troubled by this praise for you have found favor with god and the answer came and she was delivered let me ask you a question would you have ta- have passed the test the test of praise or are you like so many Americans who are just, you know, waiting to be discovered? American Idol and all that. Who think they've got to come coming, maybe. Are you just pretending to be humble? Underneath it all, would your heart have swelled at the angel's greeting in maybe a little fleshly way? What goes on in your heart of hearts? That's one of the things Mary teaches us. It's kind of a rebuke on the pride in us. Someone said there are some for whom humility is merely the practice of hiding from others the high opinion they have of themselves. And that's why it's good when God brings us low. Because without that, we've got nothing. And when He does, we need to go with the flow and thank Him for bringing us there. In fact, before we move on to how God came through for her, here's what you need to do. If that's where you are right now, until he comes through. Really, you you just need to do three things. It's an acrostic I've made up, and it's uh, for what it's worth, it's tap, T-A-P, tap into him. And how do you do that? Here's how to tap into him so he can feel you when he's making room for himself by laying you low. Here's what she had been doing, as we're going to see in a bit, um, in what she ended up saying. T, tell him how you're feeling. Be honest with God. That's the prerequisite for making live contact with him in a way that's, that feels good. Unload on him when it comes to what you're feeling. Tell him how you're feeling. That opens the channel that wouldn't have been there, that we wouldn't have taken advantage of if life was all good. Tell him how you're feeling with all your heart. And then A, affirm what he's doing with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, you've got a good purpose through that. And someday there will be a live birth that I'll be praising you for. Affirm what he's doing with thanksgiving. And then P, plead with him for all your desiring. Even though you might not be praying according to his will, he says, let him know, let all your requests be made known unto him. Because that's live contact with him, too, and that's good. Again, T, tell him how you're feeling. A, affirm what he's doing with thanksgiving. He's making, ultimately, more room for himself. And then P, plead with him with all your heart that he would, like with Mary, have regard for you for the humble estate of his bondservant, that he'd come through for you, too, like you can be sure she had prayed many times before. We can connect with Him like at no other time when He brings us low. It's how we open our empty cells up to Him, by tapping into Him. That's how we get closer to Him. And you can do that because it's good when He brings us low, just like she was. However it was He got her to where she'd be so troubled by such praise. So much so that the angel had to say this. Let's pick it up again in verse 30. That is, again, do not be afraid, Mary. That is, don't be so hard on yourself because you have found favor with God. Contemplatives tend to be too hard on themselves. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth had also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. Man, some of you need to hear this. Nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. There's so much more here. I wish there were time to unpack it all. There isn't. But the bottom line is this. I've already said it. The virgin would believe anything about her God in the purity, the lowliness of her heart. She had great faith, unlike some other people around uh, around that time that she would not believe anything about herself. And she did believe, so much so that she went with haste, it says, to see Elizabeth. And do you know what happened then? I said earlier that if you're anything like Mary, you're a prime candidate for something that will come, maybe later, maybe sooner. And just like Mary, you need to believe it. And here it is. It says that when she came, Elizabeth, and we all know the story, uh, Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit so deeply that that Spirit even entered into her womb and so powerfully that John the Baptist in her womb actually jumped. Remember that? The Spirit of God was powerful in that context. Palpable. Palpable. And he came over Mary, too, who started to rejoice in the Lord, like we read at the beginning, just like Elizabeth had. And maybe, just maybe, something happened in her womb, too, then, just like in Elizabeth's womb. Indeed, I believe it was then that the angel's word was fulfilled when the Holy Spirit came upon her, as he said, would happen. Remember that? And the power of the Most High overshadowed her, and she conceived a son. She conceived in a state of ecstasy and a climax of praise. She couldn't help but do, and that's Mary's Magnificat, which I think is why it's been so precious through the centuries. She couldn't help but praise the one who was doing great things in her. Even as she was speaking, she could feel it. Just like Gabriel said he would. She was filled with the Spirit then. And what happened at that most intimate of all moments, uh, what happened in that moment that was unique in the history of humanity, what happened in that moment which no other human being has ever experienced was that the Holy Spirit came upon her and into her, and what she said went on to hold a special place in the hearts of God's people down through the centuries, the words of the Magnificat that came out when He penetrated her, when He penetrated to her very soul, body, soul, and spirit. And she caught her breath, and she said, she said, oh, my soul exalts in the Lord. It was a climax of praise. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has had regard for the humble estate of his bond slave. And behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one who is with me now and in me, doing something intimate in my very womb. The mighty one has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And then notice how she goes on to tell not just what he's done for her, but what he does for all who are laid low like her, like many of you. For his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, and he has exalted those who are humble. That's what he always does. He has filled the hungry with good things, those who were empty, and sent away the rich, empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. It'll be forever this way with this God. So have faith. Most of you are the offspring of Abraham, the father of faith. If by faith you've prayed to receive Christ into your heart, You're in a long line of godly men, women, and children that goes all the way back through Mary and so many others to Abraham, the father of faith. And so the promises apply to you too, if you've believed in the Messiah that came to Mary, and especially if, on top of that reason, on top of all that, for whatever reason, you've been laid low. You're a prime candidate that's for something that will come. Maybe sooner, maybe later. Just like she says, for His mercy will be on those who fear Him. He will exalt those who are humble. He will give them help. In remembrance of His mercy, He will not send them away empty-handed, it's all through the Scripture, Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen. For thus says the high and exalted one, whose name is holy, who dwells in a high and holy place. I do dwell in a high and holy place, but also with those who are, what's the word? Lowly and contrite of spirit. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. More than you know, just like Gabriel said, the Lord is with you. And he'll come through for you. The Virgin Mary stands as the sure sign for all time that indeed blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And to them the king will come. If Abraham was the father of the faithful, then she is the mother of the lowly. And we in the Protestant tradition need to start giving her her due. Because just as she said, all generations shall count me blessed. Or at least they should. And so may he touch you deeply this year. As deeply as you've been emptied, the knowledge of who he is, who's come to be born in you, Treasure Him tenderly this year. Treasure Him like she did in your heart as you tap into Him. Like Mary, tell Him how you're feeling. A, affirm what He's doing with thanksgiving. And then P, plead with Him for all that you're desiring. And He will come for to such emptiness, such loss, all embracing is the sky, so it sometimes feels. He is drawn in ways you may never have expected. I have it on good authority, I think, and you can take it with you as a promise. The heavy load you bear will result in something that you'll deeply desire. Father, we thank you for the hope of Christmas that's fulfilled in such a powerful way through the example of Mary. Father, this year many here have been waiting like her, in silent prayer. Many are frightened by the load they bear. In a world cold as stone, they felt like they walked this path alone. So be with them now. O breath of heaven, hold them together. Be forever near them, breath of heaven. Breath of heaven, lighten their darkness. Pour over them your holiness, for you are holy. Breath of heaven, help them be strong. Help them be. Help them. Help them to see the the dawning, the birthing of the new day that's coming. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today is the day of our benevolence offering, through which he helps the lowly. So I'd encourage you to give generously as the ushers come forward. Your strength is the tower, the righteous run into. Lord, your love is a banner over us. And we hold on to the promise that your hold on us is true. There's no Well, why don't we all stand? Just a couple reminders. Don't forget, Sunday, January 1st, uh, to be here for uh, Eric's handing off the baton to Michael Obar as we worship, and then a going-away fellowship uh, for the Robertsons. Then also, our pictorial directory. Don't forget about that. You can go uh, sign up online for an appointment, and the big day for that will be the next Sunday, Sunday, January 8th. And uh, finally, I guess, see you on Christmas Eve, either 4 or 6 p.m. But as you go, go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all men. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. And share this gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen and amen. Thanks for coming. See you. Christmas Eve.